Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. You can check us out on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. We are also on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. On today's episode, we're going to be covering basically the first day of free agency and all of the rumors that come with it. Uh, it was said that over a billion dollars was spent in a little over the first hour of this free agency, which is pretty absurd. Uh, with that being said, I mean, I want to start with the buck, the big buck that got resigned, Chris Middleton, three years for 102 million. Hershey, uh, I know you're pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, we get to keep our guy, but uh, is there anything that you'd like to add on to this with Chris Middleton and then we can move forward with the rest of the guys? Yeah, no, I just I think it was a good move for the Bucs, obviously. I mean, looking around the landscape of the league, there's a lot of movement going on. And uh, I'm just glad to see that, you know, Chris is back with the team. Uh, seems like he's probably going to retire a buck um, along like along this trajectory. So, yeah, just I'm happy for him. Gets Still gets big money, but takes a $10 million pay cut per year, uh, which is helpful for the Bucs and, you know, securing maybe a brook maybe getting Jay Crowder back, uh, guys like that. And, yeah, Giannis keeps his, like, best friend on the team. Uh, obviously, Chris was involved in, you know, the coaching decision for getting uh, Adrian Griffin. So, I mean, I, I was pretty sure we were going to get him back. But, yeah, no, I just think it's think it's a good move for the team for sure. Absolutely. And you mentioned Chris took a pay cut, which is really big because – Obviously, we just in our last episode, we talked about, you know, the Bucks financial situation and how we can avoid getting into the second apron. And Chris taking this type of contract is a perfect start for that. Uh, but our next guy, unlike Chris, got paid the big money. Uh, Fred Van Vliet from the Rockets got a three year contract for one hundred and thirty million. Uh, I mean, he deserves it. Good for him. But that is a lot of money to spend on a point guard for a team that just drafted a point guard with the fourth overall pick. So Hirsch, I mean, is there anything that you'd like to, you know, add on or just like, I don't know. How, how does this deal sit with you? Fred Van Vliet to the Rockets. It's, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I mean, I'm happy for the player. I, I do kind of want to make this point. Um, I've heard other people make this, but uh, never get angry at the player for, you know, accepting a massive contract. Obviously, they're doing what's best for themselves and their family. 
you can be mad at the teams for giving out these massive contracts and handicapping themselves for the future. But if anyone in the audience is like angry at any of these deals, make sure you don't, you know, point your anger at the player, point your anger at the team. Uh, just wanted to make that disclaimer. But yeah, it's, I think $43 million a year for a guy like Fred Van Vliet is a little excessive. Um, he got a full max contract from the Rockets. And and yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, they, they just drafted Amen Thompson with the fourth pick, still have Jalen Green. Um, not necessarily sure how that's going to really fit. And if Fred's going to be making $43 million, he's probably going to want to start. Um, so, you know, that might hinder some development of some of their younger guys, but they had $60 million in cap and they had to spend it somewhere. So, I mean, yeah. they got their guy. Yeah, and I've seen some people say that, you know, you can run a lineup with Fred, Amon, and Jalen Green where Amon Thompson slides into that, like, small forward role. But when you think about it, they drafted this guy, like I said, with the fourth overall pick to play point guard. And I think this only really hinders his development. I think they're going to have to be very cautious with how they go about this now. Uh, you know, they're going to have a it's a lot to have in one backcourt. That's kind of my biggest my big issue with Fred going there. I think he's a really cool player. Like, I, I like what he brings to the team. I like what he brings to any team, really, and what his – like, you know, what he has in his game. It's just this fit with the Rockets is – I don't know. I, I, I don't personally love it, but I can understand why they're doing it. But it's a lot of money for a point guard when you just drafted a point guard. Uh, let's move on to Jeremy Grant. I know he just secured a bag five years for 160 million to play or to you know resign with Portland. Uh, I know Portland. Uh, the rumors just came out that Damian Lillard has requested a trade officially from Portland. So this this contract is really. I mean, I don't hate it as much if they trade Dame honestly, because then it shows that they're going to build around scoot and you give, you know, some good floor spacing for scoot. Jeremy Grant was someone who, you know, gave them 20 points a game last year, shot 40% from three. And, you know, with a guy like scoot Henderson who likes to slash to the hoop and, you know, maybe dish it out, kick it out. Jeremy Grant could be that perfect wing stretch forward for him. So I think if they do trade Dame, I don't hate this contract at all. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Uh, along those lines, 100%. When I first saw it yesterday, I thought it was just eye-popping. And if they were going to keep Dame, I thought that would have really handicapped them. But now that it looks like they're going to trade Dame, yeah, I don't think it's a horrible contract at all. I mean, you're going to get off of Dame's massive contract, probably going to bring in another big one. But Jeremy Grant, just being that veteran presence on the team, uh, it's going to be a team full of young guys. You're still going to have a guy who's in his prime. Um for the next five years, I mean, he's making massive money, but you got to be happy for the guy. I mean, he was a late first-round pick, bounced around the league in his first couple of years, finally found, you know, a couple spots where he, he you know, really grew his game in Detroit um, and then went to Portland, and, you know, he's found a home. So happy for Jeremy Grant, happy for Portland. I, I think, you know, them trading Dame is the right decision. Uh, looks like it's going to be either the Heat or the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we can talk about that more when that trade actually happens. But, yeah, Jeremy Grant, back to the Blazers. I think it's a good deal. Uh, moving on to Kyle Kuzma. He's going back to the Wizards, uh, four years, 102. I think it's an interesting deal. You know, he was rumored to maybe go to the Rockets, maybe go to the Kings. Uh, but th those teams decided to go elsewhere with their money, and it seems like the market dried up for him a little bit. So he decided, you know what, I'm just going to go back take my money, 
and, you know, just be on this young team, be the, be the guy. I mean, he's probably going to be like their number one scorer on their team now. So Kyle Kuzma gets his role, gets his money and goes back to the Wizards. See, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Kyle Kuzma's cool. I mean, I know they just traded for Jordan Poole, and I thought Jordan Poole is initially going to, you know, just basically do everything for them while they tank for a number one pick or, you know, try to tank for a number one pick and really rebuild this team. Uh, Resigning Kuzma, again, he's just like, again, to me, he's like a really cool number four on a championship contending team, number five maybe even. Really quality, like, like above average role player, I'd say. Like, yeah, he gives you a lot of points, but... I don't know. It's just a whatever signing for me. It's just kind of someone to take up a spot and to use that cap space for now. It's a tradable contract for sure too. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's all right. I I think there are definitely bigger contracts and, you know, more interesting contracts that have happened in this, uh, you know, hectic first day of free agency. And I want to move on to one of those. Actually, this one happened later at night. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, five years, 260 million resigns the supermax with, uh, the Indiana Pacers. And I mean, he's making, you know, top tier, top 10 money right now. I've seen a lot of people say that's a lot of money to give this guy. But when you think about it, this is Tyrese Halliburton is the guy that the Pacers intend to build around. He gives you, I mean, he's 23 years old, 22 years old, something like that. And he gives you 20 plus points a game and also drops 10 assists. I mean, He's also 6'5 or 6'6, so I think there's a lot of versatility there, and I think a lot of room to grow and to really become one of those premier NBA players. Definitely. I I think this, you know, just kind of shows that the Pacers really believe in him. Uh, they wanted him to be their franchise cornerstone. And, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, some of their other deals later, but they're they're throwing some, some money around to try to build a team around Tyrese Halliburton. Um, whether or not, you know, that that's a good allocation of resources for, you know, the money they paid for some of the other guys, um, you know, that, that remains to be seen, but I think Tyrese Halliburton is, is a great young point guard. I think he's all-star caliber and, you know, we saw how like they were, they were pretty solid before he went down last year. I think they were the sixth seed and then he got hurt, uh, for a significant amount of time and they kind of dropped out, but yeah, no, I, I'm. I think the Pacers have a good future, and I think Tyrese Halliburton was like the center of it. So I think he definitely deserves that 260. Um, another team that's, you know, has a young guy, uh, wanted to give him that big money before, you know, that uh, free agency hits. Desmond Bain uh, signs a con- five year extension with the Grizzlies for 207 million. Um, some people, you know, might be saying, wow, that's a lot of money to pay a guy who's never been an all star. But you know, for a guy who's who's young uh, on a team like the Grizzlies with another young point guard in Ja, you know, Jaron Jackson's on the team. He's young. You know, they got that. You got they got that core, and I think they want to keep it together. Um, you know, what what are you thinking on that Desmond Bain deal? Yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, it was the first two hundred million dollar deal in Memphis Grizzlies history, so that's really cool for him and you know for the franchise. Uh, Desmond Bain is a guy who has also shown that he can, you know, step his game up to the next level in the playoffs, can take that scoring average and increase it significantly. Uh, again, and like you said, he's super young, and I, I think there's room to grow with Desmond Bain, and he's improved every year. So I like Desmond Bain. I like the signing for Gri- for the Grizzlies. I think that's like, you know, the perfect running mate with Ja and Jaron. There's really not much else to be said about it. Yes, it's a lot of money, but he's young. He can he's gonna develop more. 
And it, this is, again, one of a vital piece on that team. And if they want to compete for a championship, Desmond Bain is probably someone you want there. Uh, Kyrie Irving re-signed with the Mavericks for three years and $126 million. This deal to me, again, is just meh. Like Kyrie Irving, we all know about, you know, the Kyrie Irving saga where he, you know, is a locker room you know, his locker room presence isn't ideal and he causes issues with other, with his teammates and the coaching staff and everything. But at the end of the day, he is a really, really good player. I think the bigger question is, is can Kyrie and Luca work? Because last year we saw, and you could make the argument that this is just due to chemistry and them not having a really, you know, a chance to play with each other for a long amount of time. They, they would choke at the end of games, like consistently they would lose in these like, one possession games, uh, single digit games. So I just think that they need to figure out a way to make Luca and Kyrie work before, you know, you can say that this is a horrible deal or this is a great deal. I just, I, I, this is kind of a wait and see type of thing for me. Yeah, no, I uh, think, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a good deal for the Mavericks. Um, personally, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of issues with Kyrie, especially off the court. Um, but you know, when Kyrie's on the court, he's one of the most skilled point guards I've ever seen play. Uh, you know, he's got one of the deepest offensive bags I've ever seen. And he, he took like somewhat of a pay cut. Um, I believe it, I don't think it's like a full max. Uh, so that, that helps out the Mavericks a little bit, but yeah, Kyrie back to the Mavericks. I think, I think the most important part about that is that they hold on to the asset you know, they gave up a decent amount of assets to get him from Brooklyn. And I think just letting him walk would just be kind of a waste of all those assets. So at least you re you re-sign him. You know, if you need to trade him later on, you can trade him later on for for more assets, but at least you don't lose the asset fully. So, you know, I think I think it's a solid deal and I think it makes sense for the Mavericks to just bring him back, see what they can do together. Um, you know, you never know with, with two guys like that, two, two guys that are that talented, you know, if you just put, you know, some of the right pieces around them, it could really click. So I like that deal a lot for the Mavericks. Um, he was rumored to go other places, but I'm, I'm glad he resigned. Glad Luca has that running mate. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see what they can do next year, especially with the moves that they made in the draft. Um, you know, getting Rashawn Holmes, getting, uh, Derek Lively. So I think both of the, I think, you know, I think the Mavericks are going to be interesting, but uh, moving on to a guy uh, who is re-signing with the Kings, Harrison Barnes on a three-year $54 million deal. This was kind of the catalyst for that uh, Kyle Kuzma deal going back. Um, A lot of people really thought that Kuzma was going to go to the Kings and replace Harrison Barnes, but the Kings just decided, you know, we're going to run it back with the same core. Hope De'Aaron and uh, Sabonis, you know, can develop another year of Keegan Murray, you know, more chemistry. And they're just going to, th- I think, just kind of run it back with that, you know, that, that same team that just made it to the playoffs. What are your thoughts about Harrison Barnes going back to the Kings? Yeah, I and mean, I love that for the Kings. Harrison Barnes, you know, was a really important piece for this Kings team that made the playoffs for the first time. And how many years was it, Hirsch? What, how many years did the Kings have a – how many? A 20. Yeah, 20-year playoff absence. So, he's part of that team. He was a veteran. I mean, we he was on those Warriors teams, like the early Warriors teams with Curry and Clay and Draymond. So, he has playoff experience. 
He's someone who can really, you know, help guide this team, be a veteran presence, a role model for the younger guys like Keegan Murray. Uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox is still super young. Demontis Sabonis is still super young. So I like it. I think it's a nice, you know, re-signing for them. They're going to be able to run it back, like you said, with their core. They're going to be able to just continue to improve as a team and as a group. I think it was just a solid move for them. It was very safe to just bring back their guy. Uh, not much to hate on it, really. Uh, this is uh, uh, James Harden is interesting. So he didn't, he, he opted into his 35 or $36 million uh, player option, but he requested a trade. Uh, Hirsch, I know you have a lot to say about James Harden, but I found this to be interesting. It's just, it's weird. Like, why not just go get a big bag from a team for more money when you've seen how many, you know, you, you've seen how much the Rockets are willing to throw out at a guy like Fred Van Vliet or the Blazers are with a guy like Jeremy Grant. So why not try and, you know, test your value on the market? That was a little confusing to me. But yeah, Hirsch, what, like, just, you know, give us your whole rundown on this James Harden situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's problematic for the legacy of James Harden. I mean, I think at at some point when we look back on his career, he is going to be looked at as the guy who forced his way out of every single situation he was in. Now, some people would say, you know, he saw the writing on the wall in each one of those scenarios, but, you know, he was with Durant and Kyrie and they were considered a contender. He was with Embiid and they're considered a contender. And I think the question is wherever Harden goes, like winning does not follow. In fact, he just ends up leaving and he leaves them in a worse spot than they were. Um, I know there are some teams that are rumored to be in the Harden sweepstakes. A couple of those teams are um, the Clippers are the most likely. They are the favorites to land him, but you know, the, the, the Knicks are involved as well. Um, And the heat, but the heat are uh, the heat are probably going to get Damian Lillard. So that one's probably off the table. So it looks like Harden's probably going to the Clippers. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting with him, Paul George, and Kawhi. But again, it's like if they can st- – I think the main question there is health, um, especially with a guy like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You know, they haven't, they haven't pr- been proven to stay healthy. And if Harden's going to be there, he, he might get upset with having to, you know, carry that offensive load when the other two guys are out. So I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I I think, you know, the player movement is really exciting, but I mean, things need to be said about James Harden because he, he literally is the poster boy of demanding trades. Yeah. I just want to add, if Harden went to the Clippers, that would probably be the most Clippers thing I could ever imagine. Just the combination of playoff disappointment and injury, lack of just being able to stay on the court just defines like what the Clippers have been. I mean, dude, we, everyone has heard about them. Not everyone, but a lot of people have heard about how they're a uh, cursed organization. If you haven't watched this uh, Mike Corzemba YouTube video, he gives you the whole breakdown on Clippers history on kind of why they're cursed and why everything they do has just not panned out the way they wanted to go. It's really funny. And I think it would be really, really funny. It would be another saga to the Clippers curse. If they were to get James Harden, uh, (laughs) It's really all I have left to say about that. Uh, We're going to take a quick ad break. My name is Steven Dorf. This is Hershey Winkleman. We're going to be back after the ad break and talk about the rest of the free agency deals. And we are back on the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, and subscribe. Um, We're going to talk about 
the rest of these uh big deals that happened during the first day of free agency. Uh, next guy I want to touch on is Kobe White returning to the Bulls, three years, forty million. Um, Kobe White's not necessarily the biggest name or the most interesting player, but he is young. You know, he still has potential, and he's shown some good development in the past. So, you know, I think I think it's a good deal for the Bulls. I think bringing back Kobe White, you know, it definitely could help them. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on the Kobe White scenario? Uh, the Bulls are in NBA purgatory. So they you know, they're in a situation where they can compete to be, you know, a play-in team, a low play, you know, low seeded playoff team. But this team, as it stands right now, isn't really going anywhere. And, you know, part of that might be because, you know, they signed Lonzo Ball a couple years back. And unfortunately, like, he just has not been able to play. Reports came out that he isn't going to be expected to play in this upcoming season either. So I think that's why, you know, they brought back someone like Kobe White. And, you know, we'll come to it later. But Javon Carter, they signed to kind of replace that. But if you're, you know, if you really think Kobe White or, you know, Javon Carter are going to replace, you know, the Lonzo ball presence and what he did for them when they were, you know, a number one seed in the East. I, I don't know. I think like, yeah, he's a young player. That's cool and all, but it's just, it's Kobe white. We've kind of seen what he's been for the past four, four years of his career. So it would be really cool to see him improve. I just don't think it really is going to matter in the grand scheme of things for the bulls. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's really all I have to say about Kobe white good for him it's a nice contract for a guy like that i just think that where the bulls stand right now they aren't going anywhere um but the pacers with re-signing bruce or signing bruce brown to a two-year 45 million deal uh that's pretty crazy i mean <laughs> the whole mike malone saying brucey ain't going anywhere that lasted or that aged really well um good for bruce brown making that type of money but what's the what's the real fit here with bruce brown in indiana hirsch yeah, you know, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. I think this was one of those eye-popping deals that came out pretty early in the uh, free agency period. A lot of people were talking about Bruce Brown possibly to the Lakers. Also, Bruce Brown, you know, returning to the Nuggets was definitely in the cards. But the Pacers just offered him something that he couldn't refuse and that the other teams couldn't match. Um, I definitely think, like you mentioned, the fit's going to be interesting, especially with the team that, you know, already has – Wings like Benedict Matherin, who, you know, in his rookie year showed some real promise and is probably not going to want to come off the bench going into his second year, um, as well as, you know, an established wing like Buddy Heald, who's been on the Pacers for like the last like four or five years and has really shown that, you know, he can shoot the three, be a, be a professional in the locker room and, you know, provide that veteran presence. So, I mean, where – where Bruce Brown is going to kind of fit into that like lineup and where, and if he's going to start is definitely going to be the question I have about the deal. Um, Because I don't know if you necessarily pay 22 million, $23 million a year to a six man. But if that's the, I guess, I guess if that's the route the Pacers want to go, I mean, they're already given massive money to their, you know, their centerpiece, like we talked about Tyrese. So there's, I think they're just trying to, you know, build a contender contending team around them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a lot of money to give a guy like Bruce Brown in my eyes. It's again, if he's you know there's someone that they want to start or have come off the bench, whatever. But 
it takes away, you know, it could take away from Ben Matherin. Do you really want to hinder Ben Matherin's development by having him come off the bench another year when he showed that he could be a 20 plus, you know, uh, point per game scorer in this league? I don't know. Buddy Heald, someone who can shoot the lights out and has done it his entire career, can give you 20 a game as well. Is that someone that you really want to, you know, replace? Maybe again, he adds the defense. Like he's a really, really good defender. And I think that's kind of obviously what they were going for with Bruce Brown. But Bruce Brown has never really been like a top five guy on any team that he's played on. So, or any the championship level team that he's played on. So, and he's getting paid top five player money. So I'm interested to see how it works out. You know, good for him. It's a great contract for him, but I think it's interesting for the Pacers, an interesting fit. I like parts of it, but I also don't like how much they gave him. But let's move on to Vooch. Hirsch, Hirsch give us uh, the Vooch breakdown. Yeah, so Nikola Vucevic re-signs with the Bulls three years for $60 million. Um, I know a lot of Bulls fans aren't necessarily happy about that. Uh, I know a lot of Bulls fans, especially the ones that you know I follow on social media, are um, not necessarily happy with the level of play that Nikola Vucevic has shown on Chicago as opposed to when he was on Orlando, but... You know, again, good contract for the guy. He he gets his last probably big deal of his career um, to, you know, return to Chicago. Like you mentioned, they're really in purgatory. Uh, there's not much they can do other than blow it up and rebuild. So, you know, I think they're grasping at straws here, re-signing Vooch. But for him, I think it's definitely a good deal. What are your, you know, what do, what do you think on Nicola going back to Chicago? Yeah, no, I think like financially, like the, the contract itself is actually a really solid, you know, contract for both Vooch and the Bulls. I think it's a tradable contract if that's the route they want to go, you know, a year or two from now when a team is looking to add, you know, a veteran center who can, you know, add a lot to your offense because that's what Vooch does or what he does. And, you know, we talked about this in our top 10 centers video, but he had one of his best defensive years as well. So uh, I like it for Vooch. I like it for the Bulls because it gives them flexibility, honestly, to you know, maybe trade him and get picks or a younger player out of it or just something else out of it. Bulls probably aren't going anywhere with this current core they have. They don't have like a real number one superstar at this point. And Vooch to me, you know, like a number three, number four guy who's really, really solid, but he's not going to be carrying you to a number one seed or even to a championship or to a deep playoff run. Uh, Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I don't... I, it's really all I got to say on Vooch. Um, I want to move on to Gabe Vincent. You know, really solid deal for him to go to the Lakers at three years for $33 million. Uh, There was a report that he actually decided he chose this deal with the Lakers over a heat contract where they offered him like four years for $34 million. So a little less money, but, you know, gets to stay in the place where he kind of broke out. Um, Gabe Vincent, solid player. I actually really like this deal for the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers, I think he's going to be like the Dennis Schroeder replacement. I like him more than Dennis Schroeder. I like his defense, and I think he's a better shooter than Dennis Schroeder is. And I think that's, you know, the type of player that you want to pair with LeBron and AD or, you know, guys who can shoot and play defense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Gabe Vincent to the Lakers, it's definitely a good deal for them. Only 11 mil per year for a guy like uh, Gabe Vincent. I felt like he may have gotten... Uh, he may have been able to get a little bit more on the open market, but I think he probably wants to play on like a contending team who's going to be in the playoffs as well. You know, he's been on the heat for the past 
you know, a year or so, two years maybe. But yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's a good deal. I think he fits next to LeBron and Davis. Um, just given that, you know, that shooting. I mean, we've seen we've seen Gabe Vincent have, you know, really explosive games. And I think that's what you need uh next to, you know, superstars like that, especially when they're probably gonna bring back like a guy like Austin Reeves, who's gonna, you know, run a lot of that like playmaker role for them and have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, so yeah, you know, I think Gabe Vincent, definitely interesting. Uh, we're going to move on though, to Draymond green re-signing with the warriors for four years, a hundred million. Um, what do you, what do you think about the, the 20 mil per year? I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting, obviously, you know, they're just trying to keep that core together with Steph and clay and Dre. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, one of the best, one of the best, I mean, we talked about in our power forwards list, a lot about Draymond, one of the better defensive you know, power forwards in the league still has the IQ, still is a good, great facilitator. Um, and I think it's a good contract for the Warriors. You know, I think he may have been able to get more on the open market. People were talking about him to the Kings, possibly to the Blazers to pair with Dame. But, you know, he, he goes back to the Warriors. He's probably just going to be a Warrior for the rest of his career. And, you know, I think it's a good deal all around. I think they're just going to try to keep their, you know, their main team together. Yeah, I mean, that's a team that's won four championships with this core. So why not just bring the guy back who's, you know, been your defensive anchor, um, plays hard-nosed basketball. He has a great IQ, understands the game very well. Great. I mean, yeah, just I think it was a really good move for the Warriors. They shipped pool off, and I think it probably pointed in the direction of they were going to keep Draymond Green, and they wanted to continue continue that way. Um yeah, I mean, really not much else I have to say on that. I actually want to move back to the Lakers really quick because D'Angelo Russell actually agreed to a two-year $37 million deal with the Lakers to re-sign there. So just adding on to, you know, what the Lakers have been adding to their – or what they've been doing to their team this offseason, they've had an excellent offseason, actually. You know, re-signing Rui Hachimura as well, signed Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. So they're making moves getting those, you know, three and D athletic wings, you know, guards who can play defense and shoot the, ter- the perfect types of guys that you want to fit with LeBron, but it's enough said about the Lakers. I'm over that. <laughs> Let's move on to the Celtics. They re-signed Chris Stapps Porzingis, their new trade acquisition. Was it a two year for $60 million contract? Basically just ensuring that they're going to be a three man squad for the next couple of years, because they have zero flexibility at this point with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Chris Stapps under contract, uh, as well as guys like Malcolm Brogdon, too. So they're paying a lot of guys a lot of money. Uh, this is the Celtics team that we're going to be seeing for the next two years, probably at least. Hirsch, do you think that the Celtics team with Chris Stapps now, uh, losing Marcus Smart, who I think is really going to come back to haunt them, I think that's going to really hurt them. Do you think that... Chris Stapps is going to bring them over the edge and help them, you know, win a championship. Well, I I actually really liked the deal for them when they didn't extend him because I thought they were going to, you know, just keep him on a one year and just kind of, you know, play it and see, uh, see if he fits, see if he could stay healthy. But now that they've extended him for another two years, I think that really hinders them, especially when they have to re-sign Jalen Brown in the next like season or two. And then, Obviously, Tatum's going to have to get paid again. Um, so, yeah, they're not going to be making very many more moves when it, when it comes to, you know, trades and signings. 
they're pretty wrapped up in where they have their resources. And personally, I don't think it's enough, especially with, you know, the Bucks still in the East. Um, you know, the Heat are probably going to get Lillard. So that's going to be, they're going to automatically be a contender again. So, yeah, I mean, I think the East is still tough. And, and this, uh, the Sixers are going to get something back for Harden. So that I mean, they're always going to be in the picture as well. I mean, yeah, the Celtics are there. I mean, they 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 definitely could make it to the finals and possibly win, but it's definitely not guaranteed, especially with an injury player or an injury prone player like Porzingis. But mm-hmm. um, moving on to uh, Nas Reed resigning to the Timberwolves, three years for forty two million. I definitely think it's interesting. I think it possibly could show that. Carl Anthony Towns is out the door now that they have big money wrapped up in three centers. And then they just have Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards. Um, You know, they're going to have to re-sign Jaden McDaniels coming up. They're going to have to, you know, find a point guard replacement for Mike Conley. And I think, you know, bringing back Nas Reed probably is, probably shows that there's more moves on the cards to come for the T-Wolves. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the T Wolves honestly like last year really really hurt themselves. I think T Wolves fans know that by trading a lot, a big haul, a lot of picks, players for Rudy Gobert that could have been useful to you know pair with Ant and Cat. The fit with Cat and Gobert clearly didn't work very well, and I find it to be a little ridiculous that if if they do go this route, uh, if they were to ship Cat off and keep Gobert, I. Again, Gobert isn't someone you can really trade right now. There's just a lot. I mean, especially with, you know, the fight he had with Kyle Anderson at the end of the season last year, it just did not help him. It makes He's had a lot of issues actually in uh, Utah too with Donovan Mitchell where they didn't get along. I just don't like Rudy Gobert personally at all. I think he's one of the more fraudulent defensive player of the years ever. Being the only defensive player of the year who physically cannot guard a pick and roll. But I'm, I, I don't need to, this video isn't about Rudy Gobert. I, he doesn't deserve for us, you know, to be in this podcast right now. I'm done talking about him. The T-Wolves, uh, I like Naz Reed for them a lot. I think he's a cool player. I just hope that he can get a role there because they do have two other big men who are probably a little better than him or who have that bigger role than him right now. So very interested to see how that, you know, trio of big men kind of pan out and what they do, what the Timberwolves do with at or with a cat. And Ant and Gobert and now Naz Reed. Um, let's move on to a more low-key signing, but I really I mean, I think it's one of the more underrated signings of this free agency. Uh Derek Rose to Memphis uh for two years, six point five million. Uh, I think that is one of the best fits possible for not only Derek Rose, not only the Memphis Grizzlies, but John Morant. Uh Derek Rose and John Morant have been guys who have been, you know, compared, you know, with the similar games. Who's to say that, you know, Derrick Rose isn't going to get there and tell Ja, like, hey, bro, like, you don't want to throw this away like this. Like, I had it. I had it all once and it it just disappeared like that. And that you're doing it by choice, whereas I couldn't like I physically like couldn't do anything about it. So I think that's going to be really good. I think he'll be a a phenomenal mentor for Ja. Definitely. I really like this move, especially for D Rose as well. I think, you know, with Ja being suspended for the first 25 games, he'll actually get some playing time, which I think is part of the like. That was part of the D Rose thing. Like he he wanted to play, and under Tom Thibodeau on the Knicks, he didn't really have that chance to play. So 
I mean, I think with, yeah, with Ja being out, he'll definitely have the opportunity to definitely get some of that backup point guard role, especially with now them having Marcus Smart and them trading away Tyus Jones. They're still going to need, you know, a backup point guard. I think Derrick Rose can fit in there for a little bit until Ja comes back. Um, And then, you know, the last two guys on the list of a major, you know, movement uh, for the Bucs at least – Javon leaving, going to the uh, going home to the Bulls, three years for twenty million, uh, and then Joe Ingles going to the Magic, uh, two years for twenty two million. I guess we can probably both talk about uh, both of them at the same time, but you know I'm happy for I'm happy for both of them. I, I definitely think that you know eleven million is way more than I thought that Joe Ingles would get on the open market, but you know, him going to a young team like the magic where he can, you know, be that veteran presence in the locker room. Um, we know kind of just from him being on the bucks for one year, how much of a locker room presence he can bring, you know, him just cracking jokes, bringing, you know, fun and energy to the locker room. So I think, you know, Joe Ingles is going to be good for them. Sad to see him go, but you know, wish him luck. And then, you know, Javon going to the Bulls, you know, he's from Chicago, so him going home is definitely good for him. And then he definitely also got some good money. I'm happy he got his money. I was a huge fan of Javon Carter on the Bucs. Uh, I love him as a player. I think he's a great backup point guard, great uh, on-ball defender, can put some significant ball pressure on uh, uh, other point guards. And, yeah, you know, he's a good uh, three-point shooter as well, so – I definitely think he he would have uh he would have helped us, but you know Javon Javon going to the Bulls can't say enough about the guy, great guy, and I'm just you know I'm happy for him. Sad to see both of them go, but you know obviously wishing both of them luck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for Javon going to the Bulls, I mean, hopefully he can get an extended role there instead of just getting you know limited minutes off the bench whenever, you know, the coach feels like putting them in and not seeing minutes at all in the playoffs. So hopefully he can, you know, make a bigger impact for this team. I think he has the ability to plays really hard. He plays great defense, like you said, so can shoot the three. Javon Carter is a really solid, I think he's a really, really solid backup point guard. Can maybe plug him in as a starter every now and then. And he's just, he's an easy, he's a really uh, versatile guy. You can put him into a lot of different lineups. So I'm happy to see him on the Bulls. And yeah, Joe Ingles, I really like Joe Ingles. Again, great locker room presence. And I think it's the perfect type of player to, you know, go to the magic and, you know, you know, help these younger guys develop. So I, I like it. Yeah. I like both of them. Unfortunately, the Bucks lose them, but we kind of knew that they weren't going to bring them back because again, we don't have the most uh, flexibility as a team right now. But with that being said, Hirsch, like what are the Bucks's, you know, what, what are the Bucks's to-do list for the, you know, remainder of free agency in this off season? I mean, yeah, you know, I think there's two, there's a couple of major plot points. I think the number one uh, priority at this point is re-signing Brooke Lopez. Uh, you know, there's some significant interest from other teams, especially because of how good Brooke Lopez has become on the Bucks. him reinventing his offensive game and still being an anchor on the defensive end. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Rockets possibly giving him two years, 40 million. I'm not sure if the Bucks could necessarily match that, but then again, does Brooke want to play on the Rockets or does Brooke want to contend for championships? I mean, I think that's really the question. I think Brooke has also, you know, kind of made a home here. Uh, he's, he's, loved, he's beloved by the community. Fans love him. The team loves him. You know, he's friends with Giannis. 
And I think he's like perfect for Milwaukee. I'd hate to see Brooke Lopez leave. And I think he's the number one priority right now for the front office to re-sign Brooke Lopez. For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, again, like if the Rockets, you know, signed Fred Van Vliet to this big contract and I didn't like it, you know, fit wise because they just drafted a point guard. And I think if the Rockets were to get Brooke Lopez, I'd hate it even more. Not only because as a Bucks fan, I would really, really miss Brooke and want him on our team, but because the Rockets already have a, a young center who has shown that he could, you know, shown flashes of, you know, being a really great player one day. And Alpern Shangun, I'm I'm a huge Alpern Shangun guy. You'll figure that out later when we make a uh, a video about all of our young guys that are going to break out. But it makes no sense for the Rockets to get Brook Lopez. And I know another team, uh, the Lakers, were you know showing interest in him, and looks like they aren't really going to be able to afford him at this point after you know making all those moves. So if it's us competing with the Rockets, I really do think we can beat them out, especially if it's, you know, a sacrifice of, you know, five to three million dollars for Brooke annually. Uh, doesn't again, it just doesn't make sense fit wise for the Rockets and he fits perfectly with his Bucks team next to Giannis. So and we're going to I mean, we're a contending team. Would he rather play in a team that needs to develop or would he rather play in a team that has the chance to contend for a championship for the next couple of years? That's just a question, a question Brooke is going to have to answer himself with his agent. So that's, yeah, I agree. That is definitely the number one priority is getting Brooke back. Absolutely. Yeah. And another, uh, another thing that's kind of revolving around that Brooke Lopez situation, uh, rumor just came out right before we started the podcast, uh, is that the Bucks are interested in Christian Wood, uh, should Brooke Lopez sign with the Rockets, um, personally, I'm kind of indifferent on it. You know, we've already had Christian Wood kind of at the beginning of his like breakout, like right, like right when he first started becoming like a a real rotational guy in the NBA. You know, he's puts up around like 16, 17 a game, good three point shooter. But I think, you know, Hirsch, 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 I hate to cut you off, but just got the notification. Brooke Lopez has agreed to return to Milwaukee on a two year, $48 million, uh, two year, $48 million deal. Wow. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking news on the pod. So that's awesome. We just got Brooke back. So disregard all that Christian Wood talk. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about that guy because he sucks at defense anyway. So, so yeah, uh, Bucks, Bucks got their guys back. It's the same, relatively the same core, and we added some youth, a new coach. Uh, <laughs> we got Brooke back. That's that. That's exciting. That's all I can really say right now. Yeah, that's wow. That is shocking news. I'm really happy to hear that. And you know, the Bucks retain their core. Um. The other thing that I did want to mention was, you know, possibly getting Jay Crowder back. A lot of people didn't, you know, think that was a possibility after Coach Budenholzer didn't play him in the playoffs at all. And Jay Crowder kind of came out in the media and said that he didn't really feel like he had a role on the team. But now that there's a new coach, uh, it seems like the front office still wants to retain the player. And, you know, I I definitely wouldn't be against Jay Crowder coming back to the team. I think, you know, having that versatile athletic wing that you were talking about who's good at defense and good at uh, shooting is really important, especially against guys like Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think, you know, bringing back Jay Crowder is definitely – definitely would be, you know, kind of icing on the cake for the Bucks just rolling back the same team other than, you know, a couple of uh, couple of guys leaving. Absolutely. And, you know, it'd be a nice little mixture of a little bit more youth this year, as well as, you know, having those veterans that can help us, you know, through those tough playoff moments. 
just again, I think the Bucks Bucks re-signing Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton has made this a really, really strong offseason for us. Now I think the only thing left to do is maybe make a trade for a guy like Colin Sexton. Yeah. Colin Sexton on the Bucks. I think that's something that we could still make happen. I would be totally okay with, you know, trading Grayson Allen. Or if we had to Bobby Portis, if we had to Pat Connington to get a guy like Colin Sexton, I think that would be the true icing on the cake and, and would make this offseason an absolute A-plus for the Bucks. Yeah, I actually 100% agree with that take. I, I'm super in favor of getting Colin Sexton now that I've you know had a couple of days to think it over. I think he definitely would fit, and I definitely think that's a move that the Bucks should you know go after going forward. But super exciting that we brought back Brooke. Um you know, Chris is back. I think, you know, Bucks fans should be happy about the fact that we, we were running it back with our core. We're going to try it again with, you know, the same, the same guys, but, you know, we're going to hope that, you know, it, it turns out differently, especially with Giannis not being injured and, you know, things like that. But uh, that's going to be it for today's episode. Huh? As well as, yeah, as well as a new coach. I mean, having a new system is going to change the game completely. So it's going to be a really exciting season for the box upcoming. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited. And remember, Summer League starts in, I think, a couple of days. So we're going to see, you know, the Summer League roster has come out as well. I don't think we're going to talk about that much, but. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try to. I'm going to be uh, on vacation. So we're going to try and get some stuff out as much as we can. If not, we might just do a big wrap up of like after Summer League concludes and just talk about it as a whole. So we'll see. We'll just see. We'll play it by ear. Summer League's definitely going to be interesting, though. You know, seeing Marjan Bochamp, seeing guys like Andre Jackson Jr., Chris Livingston, seeing where they fit in. You know, the Bucks have also got guys like Nico Mannion, Taco Fall on the Summer League roster as well. Uh, so, you know, got peop- uh, some some fans will know those names. But that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN and on Facebook at Milwaukee Bucks FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Steven Dorf, and let's go Bucks.